Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Hey y'all, welcome back. I am so excited to bring you this week's episode with author and podcaster Ryan Romeo, and we are talking all about the journey that creatives go on to chase their dreams. Is it okay to have dreams if you're a Christian? And how to stay rooted in the here and now. Ryan, hey, welcome to the Crappy Christian Podcast. Blake, thank you so much for having me on. It really is an honor to, to finally be on this podcast. I know we have been planning this for for a while. It's not like anything has happened in 2020 to derail. No, I can't think of one reason why we've had our plans derailed in this season. (laughs) No, absolutely no good reason that it took us six months to finally sit down and get to chat. Yes, better late than never. Better late than right. At least we did it. Is is gosh, if that's not the tagline of 2020, at least we (laughs) got it done. At least we did something. That is the best thing we can hope for for 2020. (laughs) Exactly. So I am so excited to talk about your book and just kind of your your message for the world because it's for it's for me. Your message is for me because it's for you and you're creative. And so yes, your whole, your podcast and your book are called Head in the Clouds. And yes, can you tell everybody about it just to get us started? What it, who it's for and, and what you're, what you're trying to share with people? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of my journey, this is my second book. Um, my first book was called Outcry. Um, and it was about a tour that my friend and I started a few years back and we had a, a big dream. And my friend Shane and I had connected years and years ago. I used to work for David Crowder. I was a graphic designer for Crowder. That's kind of how I got into this world. But you know, my, my friend Shane and I one day started brainstorming about different things. And I had been working with the passion world. And he had just started working with the Hillsong world. And we just kept saying, man, we need to bring these, these streams together. Like we need to bring these groups together. And we started really having a vision for big events that would really promote unity, really talking about the power of the local church when everybody was talking about how the church was in decline and irrelevant. We wanted to be that thing that says, no, the church is this beautiful, powerful, unstoppable force. It's literally the only thing that will last you know, from here to the, the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus talks right. about in Revelation. And it's like the church is the bride of Christ. It's something so beautiful. And so we started this journey really dreaming. And, and along the way, I started learning, like, how do, you, how do you pitch ideas? How do you, you know, really start getting in front of people that can make your dreams happen or if they have money? And some of it was things I learned how to do it. Some of it was I learned what not to do, which <laughs> a lot of times are sometimes the more valuable lessons that we learn, even though they're painful. And we learned a lot. And it was about four or five years. And then one day... We, we, we'd been dreaming, pitching it to people and it just wasn't getting, you know, t- getting traction. 
one day Shane called me and he, he, he's working, he's part owner in a, a organization called premier productions, which is huge. But when him and I met, it was not that big, you know? And so he, he said, I just got off the phone with Joel Houston from Hillsong United. Mm. He said, Joel wants to do a tour in America. He wants to jump on a premiere tour, but we don't have anything scheduled. He's like, what if we turned Outcry into a tour? And uh, Outcry had been a, it had been a conference up until that time. We'd been talking yeah. about doing basically like, you know, just a one or two day event kind of thing. And we just sat on the phone. And we're like, okay, like ultimately we're going, if Joel Houston says yes, we're going to really take that as a word from the Lord Amen. and <laughs> we're going to move forward. And so I was at my brother's wedding actually when I got the call. And so I, you know, I was disconnected for a couple of days after that. And when I got home, I got an email and Shane said, he said yes. And so we agreed, we're going to invite everybody that we knew to this tour. And so, you know, I'd been working with Carrie Job and Passion and, and Shane had just started working with Jesus Culture. And so we threw out an invite basically to everyone we knew and Outcry took off about five months later. We, we had our first date and um, our first tour, you know, we averaged 10 to 20,000 people a night. We had Hillsong United and Jesus Culture and Passion and Carrie Job, And we got a rough album from a girl named Lauren Daigle and took a, took a risk on her, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is funny now. She outgrew us real quick. But, you know, we hit the road and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, if, if you saw the Instagram pictures in that season, it would have looked really, really exciting. And it was. Mm but i was i was in tears almost every day of that tour just overwhelmed at you know what we didn't know going into the tour and going gosh we really needed somebody to do this and and it was really really overwhelming and so many times i think we imagine you know you take a dream off the ground that it's going to be so easy and yeah. you know the holy spirit's going to give us all the energy we need and it's just going to be like sitting back and letting it all happen and i that's not that's not what i experienced nor do i think that the bible really tells us that either, you know, um, we're right. co-laborers with Christ. So there are seasons in our life that are just going to be really hard. It doesn't right. mean we're not good Christians. It doesn't mean we're not giving it to the Lord, quote unquote, like we need to. Sometimes we, we need to be doing that more, but there are times when we take things off the ground and it's really, really difficult. God takes us to a breaking point on purpose. And, you know, the things that I learned on that tour, I, the things we did wrong, we didn't do the second time. You know, the mm -hmm. second tour we took off the ground and I had a few more people on that team, you know, and uh, started learning it. And, you know, we finished our first tour. We had over 120,000 people, I think over 140,000 people actually on that first tour. And we saw a bunch of people give their life to Jesus. And so over the course of a few years, Outcry went to 90 cities. Wow. We uh, had almost a million people attend Outcry. We saw about 50,000 people give their life to Jesus. We partnered with World Vision mostly, saw about 50,000 kids get sponsored and mm. just amazing, amazing things. And I wrote my first book in that season. I had a publisher that gave me four months to write a book and I was like, oh, oh sure, that's no problem. Okay, and, yeah. and, and now my second book, I was going, oh, that was insane that I thought I could do that, you know? Yeah. And somehow I did, pulled it off the ground. Uh -huh. and, and so then I started thinking about this next book. And I always knew after I wrote that first book, I realized, you know, everybody has a communication medium that they really love. And, uh -huh. and I do a podcast and I like doing that. But I realized writing was a, a really big deal. And it was something I felt real natural doing. 
And so I got connected with Zondervan and they said, you know, what do you want to write a book about? And at first I said, I want to write a book about creativity in the church because I went to art school at U of A in, in, in Tucson, Arizona, not, not, not the Bible Belt, and went to art school at a public university. And I just had such a value for creativity in the church. And as I started writing about it, I realized, no, I think there's something really, there's deeper, there's something deeper than just valuing creativity it's actually valuing the voice that you bring to the table. It's valuing the things that God gave you. It's valuing the dreams that God gave you to take something off the ground. And we, we live in this culture in, in, in Christ, pop Christian culture. Not everyone's like this, but I think generally you could kind of say, we look down our nose at people that go, you know, follow a big dream from God. Mm-hmm. And I have so many people go, the gospel's not about you. You know, the gospel's you know, like Jesus, you know, it's all about dying to yourself. And I'm going, mm-hmm. no, it is. It's, it's about mm-hmm. dying to yourself. Absolutely. Um, but it's also about unearthing this sort of God-given identity that's deep yes. inside of us. And that's what the gospel really shows us. It shows us that deep down, there's actually something really good. Yes, there is sin. Yes, there are bad things. Yes, out of the heart comes wickedness, like, like Proverbs says. But also there is this redeemed version of us that that God saw from the beginning of creation. We were made in the image of God and that means something. And I started to realize I need to have a higher value for myself. You know what, mm-hmm. God, what have you t- taken me through? What have you shown me? What are some things that are kind of unique to me? And I came back to Zondervan after pitching the creativity idea. And I said, you know what? I really have this idea now about pursuing a dream, you know, thinking about Joseph. Joseph was a man with a dream that was this beautiful, vague, this dream that nobody around him understood. And I connected so well with that. And so my second pitch to Zondervan was, you know, I want to write a book called Head in the Clouds, Feet on the Ground. Like, how do you keep that dreamer in you alive? How do you value the giftings and callings and dreams that God has given you but also, how do you stay rooted and grounded in what you're doing right now? Like, how do you take right now really seriously in the context of the, of the calling of your life? Right. And so that is a super, super long answer to your short question. No, but, um, I mean, that's great. That I mean, is what brought me to this book. Yeah. Right. And it's such a cool story, to, you know, and I think especially if you are a dreamer, you appreciate hearing someone else talk about their dream fleshing out and becoming a reality and that it was hard and that it sucked and that there were seasons (laughs) that you cried every day, but that also look at like, look at the fruit of what God did and what God did through you. You know, there's that whole narrative of get out of the way, empty yourself. And it, uh, I mean, if you get out of the way, then who's gonna, uh, (laughs) who's who's, gonna do it? Who's gonna do it? (laughs) And I hate to say it this way, but most of the people that say get out of the way really stand on the shoulders of all the hard work of people around them. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And I think that there is this get out of the way, but also God called us to be servants, you know, there, and there is this, this, and yes, God did call us to die to ourselves. And, you know, like, and I say in the book, like, Hey, if your dream is you want to start a, you know, really popular strip club or something, I don't think that that's, (laughs) I don't think that's the kind of dream that we should be diving into is if it's overtly causing sin, if it's something really self-aggrandizing, like, man, right. I just want to be super rich and, and famous like, and, and there's have all these famous homes. and there's, yes. And there's right. no generosity behind it. There's no yes. big vision on why you want to do it. Okay. That's yes. a problem. Right. Um, and I think also we, we fall into this other trap of, we have dreams built on what we see other people doing on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> so yes. it's like, oh, my dream 
is to be like, you know, Brian Johnson, or my right. dream is to be like Hillsong, or right. I want to be like Chad Veach. And no, like that, that's not it. Like, no, that's his, really digging like that's in. his dream. That's his dream. That's his life. That's you not have your yours. own. Right. <laughs> yeah. There is and nothing. I've been on a tour bus with Chad Veach. His right. life isn't always perfect and happy. Like, right. and I think there's something so freeing. And that's something that for me, like I got to see up close and personal. I mean, I remember one time, especially as a creative, I was, I was talking to the Hillsong creative team and Cass LinkedIn, who's amazing. She came out on a bunch of tours with us and, and we were talking with her and she left the room and some of the creative team was like, you know, we had all these really big ideas, but Hillsong did not give us enough money for stage design and all this stuff. And, and I, I started thinking, I'm like, man, if Hillsong feels like they don't have enough funding <laughs> to do something <laughs> creative, then maybe I'm going to kind of feel like that the rest of my life. And maybe, right. you know, there's a little permission that bubbles up of like, okay, all right, well, maybe not everybody has everything that I imagine. And not right. everything is perfect behind right. the scenes. And it doesn't mean that what they do is bad. I love Hillsong. I actually really, really love that team. But I'm not Hillsong. So who am I? What has God created me to do? Yes. Um, how can I value that? How can I make a big deal out of that? And fight this sort of false humility. I think a lot of Christians Ooh. get into this like, <laughs> like if I create something, that means I've got to hide it from everybody. Yes. Otherwise, I'm operating in pride, you know? Like, exactly. Which, and there's like, a difference pride and being proud like if you're not proud exactly. of what you're creating then maybe yes. it's garbage and you're <laughs> yeah. not using your time super wisely or working unto the lord yes and i talk about it actually in the book like there is a good pride and i'm right. like even when i wrote that i was like now hear me out you know like right. proverbially i'm putting my hands up going now, now please listen to me just for a minute right there is this good pride in saying again there's something really beautiful that god created in me that's unique and unlike anybody else on earth. And if I wrote head in the clouds and then just buried this in my right. backyard, it would be like, what a, what a waste of what God gave me. Exactly. And even, and I will say this, I think Jesus has even harsher words for it. When you look at the parable of the talents yes. saying, yes. you know, you wicked and lazy servant, when right. he was talking to the servant that buried his talent. And I think it's so apt by the way that, they use the word talent and I know it means oh. money, but I'm going, I feel like, you know, the things that God's given us, you have some things in your hand. There is a responsibility to it too. Like, Absolutely. okay, what has God given you to say? Say it, be proud right. of it, share it, value the voice that God gave you. Understand that it is important. Understand that it is being created in the nature of God, like this multifaceted nature of God. You, you carry something that nobody else around you carries and step out in confidence and go, man, mm -hmm. Obviously, I didn't give myself these giftings. God gave me these giftings, but aren't they awesome? Like, isn't this cool? Like, look at this thing I made, you know? Yeah, and you're choosing obedience and faithfulness, which are things that the Spirit equips you to do, but you're, you know, like there's, it's, there's yes. nuance to that conversation. And when people get weird about creatives or just people in general being proud of their work, I always think back to, yeah. okay, if we're created in God's image, and the first experience we have with God in scripture is his, him looking at his own work and saying it's good. Yeah. Then why yeah. can't we do the same? The, the work that we do that he equips us to do. I want to look at it and say, this is good. I want there to be a sense yeah. of, of pride in it. And I can't do that if I'm exactly what you're saying. I'm so worried that people are going to think that I'm something or 
that I think that I'm something, you know, that I'm yeah. hiding it. That's exactly what you said of a false humility. Sitting down yes. and shutting up is not humility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, I was just meeting with somebody who they had an album come out and they were like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm like, no, you need to be, you need to be calling your friends and like right. telling them like, you need to be like even just sending out some post graphics to friends going, Hey, would you mind sharing this? Like all of that is okay. You know? And I think yes. obviously we've met the people that, you know, uh, that maybe reek of a little bit too much, you know? Right. And, but I often tell people like, if you're reluctant to get it out, cause you're afraid you're prideful, that's you're actually not. a good sign. Yeah. You're not, that's a good <laughs> sign. Like, Hey, great. You, you care about your motive. You care about your heart attitude. Ultimately, you know, in the Bible's like, in, in Psalms when it says, search me and know me, God, mm -hmm. there's a certain aspect that we don't even really know our own motives, you know, like we can hold them up to God and go, okay, wh what is our motivation? And just go, okay, well, I'm trusting. I believe you. I, I be believe in you. I believe that you've made me for a reason, that you've made me on purpose. And I'm going to share these things. And so many times, even of like the social media, we take pot shots, like thinking that we know the motivations Ooh. of other people that we follow mm -hmm. on Instagram, mm -hmm. and we don't even know our own motivations. Let's all like start on this ground level of humility of going, hey, you know what? Like we all need God to search our motivations. My job is not to search the motivations out and the people around me or the people I see on Instagram or whatever. And, and those are the kind of things I think that cause this division, that cause this idea of like, you know, if you make something, you better hide it and you better not be proud of it and you better not post about it, you know, and friends that are going, oh, you know, you're, you're crossing the line, you're making too mm -hmm. big of a deal out of something you made. And I just think it's, I just think it's honestly just BS that we really need to, to, to filter out, you know, we really have to go, that's not true. Like right. me and Jesus spend a lot of time together. Right. I ask him all the time, like, Hey, to test me, search me, know me. Yeah. Am I good? You know, like, and we're each in that, in that place, you know, but we got to be able to celebrate each other. We got to be able to say like, Hey, you took this awesome thing off the ground. I'm so proud of you. I'm so amazed that you mm -hmm. did that. You know, that's the kind of language that's going to cause the best to come out from each other. It's the kind of unity that's going to get the world's attention and show the church as this beautiful, graceful, gracious sort of creative world that I really see you know, right now we're not fully operating in, but I can, mm -hmm. I can see it, you know, yeah. like, honestly, honestly, I go, I think, I think this season is coming up here where the church really is going to come alive creatively and, and, and be okay with that, you know, right. be, be able to celebrate each other's creativity. No, I completely agree. It's, it's, we're, it feels like we're on the precipice of, really embracing our creativities and our dreams and which brings me to the the next thing I wanted to talk about which yep. was is something that I think that a lot of people within the church struggle with which is that dreaming is bad or wrong yeah. not only yeah. kind of what we were talking about earlier about God doesn't care about my dreams but it's wrong to dream and I know you yeah. talk about that a ton in the book yes and you kind of talked about it earlier, talking about your dream. Yeah. So there's, I, I, I have these two kind of caricatures in the beginning of the, of the book because like I have three sections in the book. The last section is called start. So I'm like, 
before we start anything, let's talk about this foundational belief mm-hmm. that dreaming is bad, you know? And I, and what, one of the, I have like two kind of caricatures on both sides. And one is the anti head in the clouds curmudgeon. So the curmudgeon <laughs> to me is characterized by an old man. No offense if there's somebody older that's listening. <laughs> I'm just imagining this you know, crusty old guy that's like, you know, I had to walk uphill both directions, barefoot in the snow to give up on my dreams. So you should probably give up on your dreams too. Right, right. Um, And there's this, there's this sort of, you know, when a lot of times when, when we run into somebody like that, the empathy that bubbles up in me is that at some point, this person had a big dream that they really gave up on or mm-hmm. they crashed and burned on. Mm-hmm. And they think the wise thing to do is to deter everyone from dreaming when ultimately, you know, we cannot be getting our dreamers advice from ex-dreamers. Oh, that's a we, word. <laughs> oh my gosh. We really need to to be able to filter out and go, okay, is this person just really bitter at life? Is this person mm. just really like disappointed in life? And I had some people like that. I had people yep. in my life that were really important. When I shared Outcry, they said that will not work because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And really, there were some people that gave me really good insight saying, hey, watch out for this, watch right. out for that. Which and I'm going, totally okay, great. different than- Totally different. This is then good. And I, that another, will never happen. <laughs> right. And I feel like there's another facet to that as well, which I have a ton of experience with, which is almost a shamey element of, I don't know why you get to X, Y, Z when I don't. Yes. And that's the empathy side of me that boils bubbles up. And I exactly. go, oh, you know, at some so point sorry. you were really hurt. I'm right. so sorry you were really hurt by somebody. But I don't have to take that on. <laughs> and yes. And just because you're more experienced doesn't mean you have wisdom in this area. So I have to be able to filter out. And what's funny is, and I'll just say like one of the persons, one of the people that was a really strong critic of outcry before I took it off the ground I'm still friends with this person mm-hmm. today, you know, and mm-hmm. him and I've talked about it and he was like, man, now I'm seeing it. I get it now. Like, so how cool is wrong. that? You know? And yeah. And, and so we're so quick to throw away relationships and I was going, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes I'm hearing the pain of somebody else who gave up on some dreams and it doesn't mean I need to throw him out, but it does mean that I'm probably going to stop asking him about insight about exactly. this dream. And so I, I think that there is that, that attitude that kind of it's pervasive in the church, unfortunately, mm-hmm. this idea that like dreaming big or, or, you know, dreaming big somehow discounts the small and I'm going, no, 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 that's, no. I, I'm still very fully, fully engaged in what I'm doing right now. Very much. That's why when Zondervan's like head in the clouds, feet on the ground, they're like, that's kind of a mouthful. Mm. And I was like, I, I but we, I need both, you know, yes. <laughs> I need to yeah. keep dreaming, but I need to be grounded at where I'm at, you know? Right. And so I think so many times dreamers get a bad rap for, you know, they're only imagining the future. Mm. And I will say on the other extreme, there are people that are like, life is all about your dreams and all about how you feel. Absolutely. And they feel like they deserve to be walking in their dream, you know, one or two years after college. And they're mm-hmm. mad at their leadership for not understanding them. And they move from church to church, tr- just trying to find Ooh. people that will quote, understand them. Yes. And I'm going, no, no, no. There are some foundational things like you know, you look at the life of Joseph and I love uh, when he's in Potiphar's house, you know, like he's, he is a slave. Mm-hmm. He's in, he's in a, he's in a house that he like, there's no forward mobility for him at this mm-hmm. point. Like the best he can do is be the most faithful slave in that house, you know? <laughs> right. And guess what? 
he becomes the most faithful slave in that house. And right. Potiphar looks at him and says, I see that everything that you do prospers and that God is with you. And he gives him more responsibility. And I think that's a word for us in this, in, in being faithful in the season that we're at. Yes, God cares about your dreams. Yes, God gave them to you on purpose, but the timing is still up to him. Right. And if we do not learn the lessons that are right in front of us, we're going to be missing out on foundational things that we're going to need for the future. Mm-hmm. And I always tell the story for, after I started working with David Crowder, they had a big, the market had a big downturn 2008, 2009, it was like, oh no, you know, this company that I had started doing graphic design for people like Carrie Job and Crowder was falling apart. And I did for me what was like the lowest thing I could do. And that was go to my dad and say, <laughs> could I get a job in engineering? And, you know, at the time my wife and I are living in, in, uh, in Tucson and I have an art degree and all of a sudden I am managing manufacturing for my dad and we're making these small mirrors for solar panels. Like, like really to me, it was like the death of me. I'm going, oh, now I'm just, I'm managing people, you know, and I'm, I'm ma- learning real quick the, the power of Excel and I've got to learn how to make Excel <laughs> spreadsheets and I'm going, oh, Excel oh, is like where creative oh. dreams go to die. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I was going, oh Lord, you have forgot. Why have you forsaken me, God? You yeah. know, that's how I felt, you know, not to be melodramatic, but it felt oh, like Oh, yeah. And I'm like, man, I was touching, touching this thing, working with Crowder and these guys that I was so proud of. And now I'm moving into this other realm. And fast forward a few years later, when, when, when we took Outcry off the ground, I was struggling logistically on the tour. And about two weeks in, I pulled out Excel and started making a spreadsheet. Oh my gosh. And I realized, I was like, oh, like I looked back at, at God uh-huh. and it was like, I, I get it now. I see I you. get it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, see, I see you. I see you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, like that's the thing we have to understand. Like there is this, there is this, you know, we're, we're in this story, a calling, the calling of God is not this sort of like final destination. It really is this journey with God, mm-hmm. taking each step at a, at a time, taking each season at a time. And some of the beautiful things is when you're faithful in each season, you get to look back and go, I get it. I mm-hmm. get that manufacturing season now, God. Yes. It, it made no sense to me. And many people, I'm sure there's people listening right now that are in their own manufacturing season like this, this what am I doing doing this? And in the context of your life, when you fast forward, you could look back and go, oh, I get it, you know. Ryan, you shouldn't have been so angsty. Just rest. You're good. This is what I learned from being in retail for five years when what I wanted to be doing was writing. Oh, Mm -hmm. I know how to Everybody has that story. Right, you know, I know how to communicate with people and and navigate uncomfortable situations because I had to do it with people who were being crazy about shoes. You know what I mean? Yes. Listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. Today is nonstop, and suddenly your checking account is overdrawn. But what if we gave you more time on that one? At Huntington, if you accidentally overdraw your account by fifty dollars or less, we've put a fifty dollars safety zone in place, so you won't be charged an overdraft fee. It's one more way we're looking out for you. <laughs> so you can have time for what matters most. Huntington, welcome. $50 safety zone does not apply to returned items. Your account will be automatically closed if it remains negative for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone. 
I wanted to take a break in our show today to tell you about an online parenting event that you or someone you know definitely won't want to miss. We're living in strange and difficult days, wouldn't you say? And I think it's safe to say that parents feel the pressure to lead in their homes especially well right now. But wouldn't it be nice to feel the freedom to check that perfectionism at the door and become the perfectly imperfect parent God actually called you to be? It's time to sign up today for the Perfectly Imperfect Christian Parenting Event that will be held on October 23rd and 24th. This completely digital event was designed to give parents the practical and spiritual help needed to grow as leaders in the home. And it's in an easy and accessible digital format. With more than 40 available talks, you'll hear from amazing speakers like Aaron and Jamie Ivey, Mark Batterson, Jonathan Pitts, Nicole Zasowski, the Duck Dynasty Robertson family, and many, many more. Tickets are only $49, so we invite you or a parent that you love to register today for this digital Christian parenting event. Visit perfectlyimperfect.org to sign up today. Now, let's get back to today's show. You were talking earlier about, you know, kind of that curmudgeon encounter, which can be a dream killer for people. There are people who take that on, that person's experience and words Mm -hmm. on and let it personally impact their journey. Yes. Yes. What are some other dream killers that you've encountered and overcome? Yeah. So in the book, I talk about three, like if I could really summarize all the dream killers up and there's, you know, various versions of these, but you know, that first one I call the critic, the critic has the power in our life to derail us, not just external critic though. There's an internal critic too. And sometimes, and most of the time that's more powerful than the external critic. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we get feedback from people, even when we're young, we have kind of a our identity is anchored in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it causes hurt and we start to look at critics in our life and start to internalize that and go, you're right. I'm terrible at that. I'm no good at that. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that, you know, they had a, had a parent, even if they had great parents say something to them, you know, when they were in grade school and when they stop and think about it, they go, Oh, I've been living in the shadow of that one comment mm. my whole life, yeah. which is so scary as a parent. I'm oh, like, uh, no, pressure. Know, like, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. But, you know, the critic, the, the internal critic, the external critic is only conquered by a proper identity. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about like, hey, you know, in the book, I talk about two times that I crashed and burned trying to, to do an event kind of like Outcry. One of them when I was younger and we just were in, we finished with so much debt and had so few people, it was just embarrassing. The second one was a lot more successful in terms of we had people coming but financially it was not strong. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys th- that I was working with that was quote, good with money ended up going to prison for tax mm-hmm. evasion after okay. it. And I was going, okay, Lord, like these are crash and burn moments. And if my identity is in the success of these events, I would have given up a long time ago, Amen. but my identity is not there. My identity is, is, in, is in Jesus. It's, it's in what he says about me. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's in this global sense. Yes, I'm a child of God. Yes. But there are certain things that the Lord speaks specifically to me that I know. Like, you know, there's things like I'm an Enneagram 3. I know that about myself. Right. Just because I accomplish things does not make me evil or wrong. You know, like, right. I just got to know that about myself. Like, that's, that's a big part of who I am. And, and so the critic is really powerful. The second one that I think we hit is the noise. 
and we're in that strong right now. So the noise is, you know, social media. The noise is just checking out on, and nothing wrong with Netflix. My wife and I zone out on Netflix often. Right. But at some point, it becomes unhealthy. At some point, Absolutely. you are just causing so much noise in your life so that you do not have to actually dive into some of these things. Yes. And it makes it exhausting, like going, oh, just to even think about dreaming, I'm already so tired. And really, when you look at your life, you're like, well, probably it's probably not because I'm working too many hours. It's probably because I'm giving my emotional energy to things I shouldn't be. And those are the things that can be that's good a things. subtle. A lot of the time, it is good things. If he, you know, with yes. that line of if the enemy can't push you to sin, he's going to distract you with good things. Yes. And moving from good to great and all those yes. sort of things. That, we know those. But sometimes it's hard to discern them, um, especially with screens and social media and honestly, things that are addicting. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I dive into the book a little bit like it actually changes the, your, your brain patterns. And like there are things that we, we have to learn how to get off of. And, and the noise is this subtle dream killer. Mm-hmm. It's not saying you can't do it. It just right. tells you you'll do it later. Mm-hmm. So perpetually saying, I'm just going to get to this at another time, mm-hmm. and, you know, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And you blink and it's been five years and it's been 10 years. And so the noise, I think, is a huge dream killer. And so many times gets people to the point where they're like, what am I even dreaming about anymore? I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Because they've been so distracted. They're not self-aware anymore. They're not connected with Jesus anymore. And, and they just do not know how uh, to get back to that dreamer state, you know. So the noise, I think, is so important. That just really, in so many ways, it's discipline and it's learning to be self-aware, learning to, 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 to see the things for what they are when they really are just unhealthy distractions. Um, so the noise, I think, is a major uh, dream killer. And then the last one, I think, is something we're all going to hit, and it's the setback. Mm-hmm. So the setback is, I, I, I have a I have a podcast and it's the head in the clouds podcast. And I talk to people about taking dreams off the ground and all of this stuff. And, and I interview people like Phil Wickham or anybody that I've met on tour, you know, or Levi Lesko. And when we were really running out cry strong last year, this was before COVID. I had a call from the CEO of the production company and he called me and I was about to jump on a plane. He's like, what's up, Brian? I said, Hey, Michael, how are you? You know? And he said, I think I'm about to ruin your day. And I said, okay. Awesome. Well, <laughs> awesome. What is it? He said, I think we've got to cancel Outcry because of lack of ticket sales. And he went through everything. And some of the markets, we had sold like 20 tickets. And I was going, that makes no sense to me. Hmm. And Michael was like, you and I could grab guitars and sell more than 20 tickets. I was like, I know that, you know, we had Phil Wickham and Passion and, and all these amazing people. And we're going, this does not make sense. Yeah. And we shut it down. And, and it was very painful. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I was like, what am I going to podcast about? And, mm. I'm, and <laughs> I felt clear as day, like, I'm going to podcast about how painful and disappointing this is yeah. to cancel Outcry the way that we did and yeah. to call my heroes like Phil Wickham and go, hey, uh, we're not going on tour anymore. Right. <laughs> And I processed it out loud and, and, and it's good and it's okay to go, you know what, that hurt. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and sitting here now, this is, you know, over a year later, I, I have to say like it probably took me about eight months before emotionally I felt strong again. Mm-hmm. And I just had to process through it. And I had good days and I had bad days. 
And setbacks, I think when you don't expect them, they blindside you. Yes. And expectation is a huge thing. So yes. if you go into something going, this is going to be easy, it's going to be awesome, mm-hmm. or you take outcry off the ground and you go, this is going to be forever, mm-hmm. I have news for you. It's not, you mm-hmm. know? and you have to prepare for the setback and the setback for people sometimes is so crushing. They can't pick themselves up again. And that's where you, you become in danger of becoming the curmudgeon yourself because you're like, yeah, kid, I tried that. And then I crashed and burned. But I think what, what God would rather us do is process through it, be honest about it, talk to him about it, talk to our friends about it and not sit in front of people. And I'm sitting in front of, uh, you know, my audience on, on, the podcast going, I know you, you are listening to me to talk to you about taking big things off the ground. I just had my big thing canceled mm. and I'm just going to be vulnerable and talk to you about it. Yeah. It sucks. It's hard, you know? And I think that those are, to me, those are, uh, those were the big three dream killers that I saw that come against every, every dreamer. And we're going to hit every single one of those. I guarantee you. Um, and you have to be prepared and know how to handle it. Yeah. And I think we're going to hit them in varying degrees as well. There are going to be letdowns of something, you know, not going the way that you thought it was or something completely not getting off the ground, you know? So I think that that's another really important aspect to that, that you totally touched on, but is that. Or failing health or, you know, somebody sues you. Like there's things that come along that you're like, I was feeling great. Right. (laughs) And then bam, you know, the sucker punch hits. And sometimes the noise is really loud. And sometimes the noise, you don't realize it. You don't even realize the noise is there, but it's there, you know? So I think there's so much nuance and and, and middle ground to this stuff that you're going to move through it. I think that uh, for me, there have been times where I move through things and I look back and go, oh, that kind of derailed me a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't even realize that I wanted you to give up on my dreams it. because I was sitting with someone after Outcry shut down. I'm like, man, I'm just feeling so weird. I kept saying, I feel weird. I feel weird. And he goes, you don't feel weird. You feel sad. Right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That's true. There it okay, is. Okay, now I get it. I'm yeah. bummed out. Yeah. And he just told me, he gave me some great advice. He said, it's okay. Just just be sad about it. It was the thing you were really excited about. Right. It's okay to be sad, you know? Exactly. It doesn't mean that you were making an idol out of it. It doesn't mean, like, you're just bummed out that this thing you took off the ground you were really excited about died. Right. And that's okay. Just right. process through that. You yeah. Know? Don't try to push it off in the corner. God doesn't want me to be sad. I trust his plan. He makes all things work together for good. It's like, no, yeah, all yeah. that's true. But also I put a lot of work into this and it didn't work. And so I'm going to be bummed out for yeah. a minute. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have such a good theology of like conquering. Right. But we have a crappy theology when it comes to lament or just yes. going, you know what? I'm bummed right now. This is a season where I'm just like, hey, I don't care how strong of a Christian you are. If you're feeling sad or you're feeling depressed or you're feeling isolated, like you're in good company. Like exactly. doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. Like we're all feeling that. And you know, we weren't meant to, I'm an introvert. And so there's parts of COVID season that I love, but right. at but the same time, I know I still was not I, meant I to do people. this. Right. Yeah. I'm not meant to just be alone. Like, and so it's painful even, you know, in Arizona, we're emerging, emerging and hanging out with people again and just getting used to that again. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I just think we have to stop having this, uh, this sort of, honestly, just this spiritual pride or this like religious sort of attitude of you have to be happy and bubbly all the time. Amen. And that's not true. Like, you know, being bubbly is not a, 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 a 
a fruit of the spirit, spirit. you know, <laughs> exactly. it's like, that's not it. It's, it's joy, you know, it's, exactly. it's different than being bubbly. You know? Exactly. I love that. This is all so applicable. I'm realizing, you know, we're, we're talking about it in the sense of creatives, but it really is yeah. not just for creatives. I mean, the, if you have yeah. a, a, a small business or a dream or a message, or you are working a nine to five and you're a mom, like you have dreams that yes. just, they just look different and they're both yeah. important to God. They are both worth having and they're both going to face these same dream killers. And I think that yeah. that's, I love that overlap of your dream may look like starting a comp, you know, a, a concert tour, or it may look like being able to make enough that you can stay home with your kids. Those are yes, both really totally. beautiful dreams that yes. God cares about. Yes. And I, I get so many people sending me messages going, you know, my friend gave me this book and I thought it was for creatives. Right. And I realized I got so much out of it, you know? Yes. And, and that's the thing. I, I mean, I think part of what I say in the beginning is we're, we're all creative. Um, mm-hmm. I really hate this idea that we go, oh, there's a creative camp and then there's a not creative camp. No, no. Yeah. Being creative just means that you're, you're thinking outside the box and, and people could think outside of the box when it comes to creating Excel spreadsheets and they're the, the you know, the CFO of the company and they've right. come up with this cool way to organize your budget. That's creative. Right. Like you're not going to frame that necessarily and put that in a, in a, you know, an art gallery, but it's something creative that you made because we're created in the, in the image of a creator. Mm-hmm. So understanding that there's not this line of like these weird creatives and then the normal people, you know, or you super creatives and I'm just not creative at all. No, we just have to appreciate the creativity that God gave us and understand that what we bring to the table is unique. And that's ultimately what I want to see happen with people. Like I want to mm-hmm. see that part of them come alive and go, yeah, I, I am unique. And no, I'm not starting a, a music tour, but I really have this great idea to start a coffee shop or I want to mm-hmm. start, you know, this online, you know, mentoring thing or whatever it is. We all have that common story of, of wanting to do something greater than us. And, and we were built for that. We were, we were really built, humans were built to, to overcome adversity and create something. And right. I just, you look at human, the human story, that is just what we do time and time again. Whether we're in a season of COVID or not, like every season is full of people going, what if we did this? And what if we tried that? And I think it's really beautiful. And I think it just points back to the character of God. Amen. I love that. I think this is just such a really, such a necessary message for people. And so I'm really thankful that you are using your, your experiences and your failures and your setbacks and the things that you've learned (laughs) the hard way to kind of guide people through that. So tell, I want you to tell everybody, make sure they know where they can get the book and where they can find and follow you and listen to Head in the Clouds. Yeah. So for the, for the book, it's, it's a, Barnes and Noble and and Amazon and all that. So if you search on Amazon for Ryan Romeo or Head in the Clouds, it's on there. For the podcast, I'm on kind of every major you know podcast. So just search on iTunes or Spotify for Head in the Clouds or Ryan Romeo. I just started a YouTube channel too, which I've, oh, I think nice. I've got like eight 
eight subscribers on there started Everybody it like two days somewhere. ago yeah yeah but youtube's a strong medium and i'm you know i'm you as a fellow podcaster you know i'm like i'm going i gotta i gotta get in there somehow and i don't know right. really how to do it so i took that plunge this week so even on youtube it's on there but yeah and then on instagram i mean if you I, i'm on i'm on facebook and twitter but i'm not on Facebook and Twitter. No. I, uh -uh. I'm hardly Same. on there. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to get in touch with me at Ryan Romeo on uh, Instagram, I do reply to DMs and I love hearing from people. So yeah, yeah at Ryan Romeo on Instagram. And we'll link to you know the easiest way to find you in your show description and everything. Ryan, thank you so much. This was such a, a refreshing, cool conversation. I'm so thankful we got to chat finally. <laughs> Blake, yes, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a joy. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce. A great sauce starts with the best ingredients. Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is that great sauce. Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil. Simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com. This morning, Jen woke up, made three breakfasts, did two loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC.